Hello, good morning, and welcome. You're now listening to the Bible Answers Podcast. My name is Harold, and I'm very happy to be with you today for another episode of the Fundamental Belief Series. Today, we'll continue with the plan of redemption, and our topic today is righteousness imputed and righteousness imparted. What are they? Now, before we begin, let us have a word of prayer. Dear Precious Father, we thank you for once again the opportunity that you have given us to open your word today. We pray, Lord, that you may guide us by your Holy Spirit and help us to understand your word. And and we pray, Lord, that you may increase our faith and the works of salvation that Jesus Christ is doing for us. In his name we pray. Amen. For some of us, it may be the first time that we hear the term righteousness imputed and righteousness imparted. But to summarize it, righteousness imputed is what you receive from Christ through justification. Righteousness imparted is what you develop in your life by grace through sanctification. Now, to understand the importance of the righteousness imputed to men, we need to understand why man needs to be justified. Now, first of all, by definition, according to the Oxford American Dictionary, justification is to show something to be right or reasonable in the juridical system it is the action of proving someone to be innocent and in theology it is the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of god now why do men need justification in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 the bible tells us for all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, we must all appear in judgment before God. God has set a time of judgment, and we all will appear before the judgment seat of God to receive condemnation or to receive eternal life. Now, when we consider God being the judge, how rigorous will God be in his judgment? In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret things, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The judgment of God is different from the judgment of man and our judgment Unless there, is, unless there is evidence of what people see, of what people hear, the guilty can walk out justified because there is no evidence that condemn. But for God, it is different. God will judge even the secret things that no human eyes have seen that will come into judgment. And what can we expect from the judgment of God and why? First King chapter 8, verse 32 then hear thou in heaven and do judge thy servant condemning the wicked and bring his way upon his head and justifying the righteous to give him according to his righteousness knowing that the judgment of god will be so rigorous we can expect that god will be just in his judgment he will condemn the wicked to bring his way upon his head and to justify the righteous according to his righteousness right and and the judgment of god there will be no partiality psalms 98 verse 9 before the lord for he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness shall he judge the world and with 
and the people with equity. So, so as we said, there was only two alternatives for men to be justified or to be condemned. Now the pertinent question, now the pertinent questions are how then can a man be justified with God? How can he be clean that is born of a woman? Job 25 verse 4. How can a man in his lifetime be declared a righteous person before God? How can he that is born of a woman be declared a righteous person? What is wrong with being born of a woman? In Psalms chapter 51 verse 5, David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We are born in sin. In other words, we are born condemned. So how can we be justified? And this is not just the case of one particular woman, but it is the case of human being. For in Romans chapter 5 verse 19, it says, For by one man's disobedient, many were made sinners. So sin has passed from one man to every man. So before God, we are guilty already. Now, when we are talking about uh, the sinfulness of man, we don't mean we don't mean some sin that he commit on uh, now and then. We mean the nature of man itself. What if men try to correct his life? Will they ever be pure and justified before God? Jeremiah two verse twenty eight. For though you wash yourself with nitre, and take much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me saith the Lord. Even though we try to do some good now and then, that will not change our condition. The problem is from the inward part of man and how God sees the best that man can offer. Isaiah 64 verse 6, but we are all are, but we are all as unclean thing and our righteousness are as filthy rags. The best that men can offer is just as filthy rags. The question is, how can such person be justified in the sight of God? And the Bible even said that even though we try to do the works of the law, we cannot be justified by the works of the law. And uh, it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no man be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of, of sin. Now, why men cannot be justified by the deeds of the law? In James chapter 2, verse 10, we find the answer. For, whatso for whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, is guilty of all. So trying to be just Trying to appear just before God by the works of the law, it's just like you're trying to climb a circle ladder. You keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing. But when you go up, then you come back to the same echelon again. The Signs of the Time, May 19, 1898, we read, The sinner cannot depend on his own good works as means of justification. He must come to the point where he will renounce all his sin and embrace one degree of light after another as it shine upon his pathway. No one can depend on his own good works 
as a mean of justifying himself before God. So as we have seen, it is impossible by our own works to be justified before God. So therefore, is our case hopeless? What is the provision that God has made for us? We read in Romans chapter 5 verse 19, but I'll read the complete verse this time. For as by one man's obedience, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. This is the solution that God has found. This is the wonderful development of the plan of redemption. Now, by one man's disobedience, Adam has sinned. And by his sin, his nature became corrupted. And because we are born of Adam, we inherit that corrupt nature from Adam. So sin has passed upon all men because all have sinned. Now, we, do not, we, we, we are not only sinner because of Adam's sin, but we are sinner because we participate in the sin of Adam. We continue down through generations the disobedient of Adam. Therefore, the same way, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who is that one? In early writings, page 149, paragraph 2, written by Ellen G. White, she said, Sorrow filled heaven as it was realized that man was lost, and that the world which God has created was to be filled with mortals doomed to misery, sickness, and death. There was no way of escape for the offender. The whole family of Adam must die. Because of sin, that was the destiny of men. But the longing desire of God is that men should live and not die. In Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 32, in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 32, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that die, saith the Lord. Wherefore, turn yourself and live ye. Man deserve to die, but God does not want him to die. Or in other words, justice is making its bold claims, but love can't let go. Man has to die. Man deserve to die, but God does not want him to die. So the question that we ask is the one that Job asked himself. Does God pervert judgment? Or does the Almighty pervert justice? Can God pervert justice by justifying a guilty person? No, because in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15, we read, He that justified the wicked and he that condemned the righteous, even they both are abomination to the Lord. The Lord cannot pervert justice. Exodus chapter 23, verse 7, Keep thee far from a false matter. The innocent and the righteous shall not slain, for I shall not justify the wicked, the Lord said. So therefore, God will never justify someone who deserves to die. Because Psalms chapter 89 verse 14, Justice and judgment are the inhabitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. The kingdom of God is based on two principles, justice and judgment mercy and truth the question now to be settled how can god be just and true to his law yet justify the sinner 
The law demands that the sinner should die, but the love of God doesn't want him to die. So how can God be just, true, and yet remain just and true to his law? I invite you to follow in the next episode and part two of this study, and you will find the answer. God bless you. Let us pray. Dear Precious Father, we thank you, Lord, because you have manifested through your word your interest in our soul. And we have seen, Lord, that even though we deserve to die, yet your love cannot let go. We thank you for the mercy and the grace that we have found in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.